Let's do this. Is this thing on? on, on. You're locked on to the Saturday show. Saturday. With Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280. The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Enjoy the show. In. It is the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network on a sunny and less hot Saturday afternoon here I'll in Salt it. Lake City. Yeah, yesterday was a little chilly, but well, not chilly. It's not chilly. Come but on, chillier than it has been. It was the first day of summer, and we hit the mid to upper sixties yes, around the state. It, it was that- nice. I, I went out and played Glendale, our good oh, nice. friends over there, and uh, it was perfect weather for some Sweet. golf. I played horribly, but it was some perfect weather. Well, thanks for the invite. I went with my family. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, family is important. I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm Adrian Lizer here with Jake Hatch, um, and uh, we're uh, we're having a we're ready to go today. It's a packed day here on the Saturday show. We've got a lot to talk about yeah, we since week. last week yeah. as we're discussing who should be on the team um, for the Utah Jazz. They make a big trade early in the week. Also, BYU Media Day. Mm-hmm. It went down. So yeah. there's a lot to talk about today. And so uh, we're excited to be here. Yeah, no, we got a lot to cover. This is one of those weeks where three hours may not be enough to cover it. All. Right. And we want to make sure you can hear some of the some of the voices that were on the zone this week. We're going to let you hear from Justin Zanuck. Uh, he is the general manager for the Utah Jazz. Is the draft? Ha- oh, I forgot about the draft. My bad. <laughs> oh, yes. The NBA we had draft a trade. Well. That happened too. The BYU Media Days and the NBA draft, which was nothing happened. And then everything happened at once for the Jazz. So mm-hmm. we'll get into that as they made three picks in the 50s in the final 10 picks of the draft. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Hope you're out there listening. Hope you're on the app. Maybe you're in your kitchen making a panini or something, and you're a panini. Yeah, you've got us. Uh, you've got us in your ears, and uh, we're ready to to uh, stick with you for the next three hours. This yeah. Be fun. But how are you, Jake? Anything going on with you? Doing good. It's uh, the weather. I'll take this all year long if I can get somewhere that hasn't touched ninety degrees yet that I'm aware of here along the Wasatch Front. I don't like hundred degrees. Ninety. It's about where I cap out. So I prefer hot to cold, though. I'm one of those weird people. People okay. always say, you can put clothes on if you're cold. You can't take clothes <laughs> off if you're hot. I will drink piping hot coffee in the Sahara Desert. Like I, really? That's, I am all about I love being warm and hot. I think I'm destined to live somewhere uh, to move closer to, like, to the equator to the someday equator, in yeah. my life. And so that's, Okay. Fair enough. I The older I get, the more I like warmer weather than I do cold weather. When I was young, Adrian, I was the opposite of you. I was like, give me all the ice you can handle. I'm wearing shorts in this stuff, but it's been a nice couple of days, at least last Yeah, this has been an interesting spring. Yeah, well, now it's summer, Adrian. Come on. Well, it's been an interesting into summer here in Salt Lake with our weather, and I I prefer it, honestly. Last year, horrible winter, really hot summer, so... Uh, it's a little different. So it, it's, but anyway, it's going to be a fun day. Hope everyone out there is having a fabulous Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, getting some chores done, getting the lawn mowed, things like that. Yeah, it, it, it's a great day if you're out golfing, watching some golf on the TV here in the studios. It is a great day. So a lot to cover, but where do you want to start? Let's start with the big one. Okay, and that would be, be no, it would be uh, the Mike Conley trade. Uh, here for the Utah Jazz. Mm -hmm. The Jazz send the 23rd pick 
that turned into uh, someone I'd never heard of. He wasn't playing in college. Um, and uh, Darius Basley. D- Darius Basley. Basley. Uh, Jay Crowder, Grayson Allen, and uh, Kyle Korver mm-hmm. sent to the. You all all know this. Mike Conley is here, or he will be here on July sixth. Yes, he's going to be a member of the Utah Jazz. And uh, this is a trade that was bounced around at the trade deadline, and I think a lot of people, for some reason, had a lot of reservations then compared to now, which I find very interesting. And maybe it just took a little time for uh, people to come around on the Mike Conley thing, but I th- I, when it was being rumored, it was like, oh, he'll make the team better, but how much better? And then now it seems like, oh, this is the this is the move <laughs> that has put the Jazz into the top half of the Western Conference. Now, maybe that's... Hindsight is because the Warriors have been injured and um, they're going to be changed soon. So now everything's wide open where it didn't feel as wide open at the trade deadline. So maybe that's where the minds have changed. I liked it at the deadline. I don't really care how expensive he is because someone on the team is going to make $30 million. That's just how it works in the NBA. Yeah, He's got two years left on the deal, perfect for when contracts are due for the Jazz, when they're going to be Speaking paying. Speaking of Donovan Mitchell in particular. Yeah, and they're going to be paying Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert is mm-hmm. going to be coming up pretty soon as yeah. well. So I, I, th- I think this is a fantastic trade. Mike Conley coming off a career year in scoring, nearly career numbers all the way across the board, played 70 games coming off an Achilles injury, not a rupture or a tear. So I guess I have to a little bit of retra- correction and retraction there. I just kept hearing Achilles, Achilles, Achilles. He so injured his I Achilles. forgot that it wasn't a blown one, Yeah, but that's on me for not doing my own research. He but had, anyway, and he had that heel, yeah, heel operation. Well. Yeah. So he missed – he only played 12 games. Everyone knows this. Played 70 last year, but had a fantastic year. I think he's going to be a, a great pickup for the Jazz. And a West that's wide open. Does it put them at the number one seed? No, I don't believe no. so. But I think if you can get yourself into the top half of the West, get yourself some home court advantage. A guy like him, if they had traded for him last year, maybe they don't even play the Rockets in the first round because the seeding looks a little different. And uh, I like the aggressive move. By the Jazz, say we got to win now. This is a win now move. Let's. This is a let's see what we can do if we get a another proven scorer at point guard, which they didn't have. Rubio is a great guy, great locker room guy. Did a lot of nice things for the team. Brought helped mentor Donovan Mitchell, but he couldn't score. And unfortunately, that's just been his bugaboo his entire career. And now they bring a guy in who can score and put him in. I think it was a great trade by the Jazz. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the reaction to it very much is due to the circumstances surrounding it in the league, Adrian. All of a sudden, there's a power vacuum in the NBA with the Warriors seemingly being down. they got two of their stars who are mm-hmm. going to be out for, for a while here. I think it just it, it, it's a signal to the NBA that the Utah Jazz, they're pushing the chips in because they see that power vacuum and want to take advantage of it. They're not alone, though. We've already seen the AD yeah. trade go down for the Los Angeles Lakers. The rumors out there that Kawhi Leonard, yeah, I won a championship in Toronto, but guess what? I'm still going home to L.A. I'm going to play for the Clippers is, is, is the persistent rumor. A lot of this is going to play out t- uh, eight days from now when the free agency window opens next Sunday. But I do like the Jazz being aggressive. I like them doing that. I wrote as much on 1280thezone.com. They went all in, and there's still moves to be made, of course. Tons. They have the- to figure out this roster, yeah, too. But the Jazz are being aggressive. They're going to chase it. I do think this move, at minimum, makes them a top half of the Western Conference team on paper right now. 
I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. You probably don't subscribe to that. It doesn't sound like you subscribe to that. I, I think they're in the area. I, okay. I, I, I'm with you. I think the West is wide open. I'm just I re- I'm not going to make my judgments until after free agency. Fair enough. Okay. I think the Warriors fall out of the top half. I still think they're a playoff team. Yes, I, 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 said, I said that much last yeah, week, too. And yeah. I, I think that they will. If Clay can come back before the nine-month window, if he can be in playing shape by the time they're making a playoff push, they're going to be playing like a top four team. But anyway, yeah, you've got the Rockets probably aren't going to be there, so I'm with you there. So two of these teams fall out. Denver, Portland, what happens there? So the Jazz, I I don't think there's any reason to doubt they could be a top four team in the West. But yeah, continue. Um, but the, I, I, I the, think it's going to be – yes. the West is going to be a – it's going to be a – it's going to be crazy. I yeah. think the Lakers are now a top four team in the West. Yeah, the, the Rockets are an interesting case in their own right because there's all kinds of dysfunction, it sounds like, with that franchise. Mm-hmm. But I think their hands are tied. Yeah, oh yeah, they're stuck with forty-eight million dollars. Ain't nobody want to take Chris Paul in that contract. So if Chris Paul and James Harden can just put their differences aside and just play basketball, they don't have to be friends off the court. They don't need to talk to each other necessarily. But when they're on the court, play together. Houston's very much a threat. Denver's got to be thinking, hey, we're we're one of the top dogs. The Lakers have ambitions. We all know that to be top dog. Clippers as well. Portland's thinking we Portland, got that far yeah. without our. Without our without big our big three, yes. So, um, I you know, there's going to be teams that knock teams off, yeah, every night in this Western Conference. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think though, the impact of what Mike Conley can bring mm-hmm. can improve them into that top four. And if you get yeah. in the top four, Jake, you got home court advantage. Yes, you get to that final four in the West. So you never know. You upset somebody or you beat somebody. You get to that Western Conference Finals. Who knows what can happen at that point? So when I say I don't think the Conley move alone makes them title contender it puts them in the conversation of being able to get pretty far in the playoffs yeah it does i but the jazz still have to move make other moves on this roster there will be other moves coming i know a lot of people still hope that tobias harris would take a cut and come here that's not happening i don't think but if they can go out and let's say Kawhi leonard does go to the los angeles clippers you can get a danilo gallinari here Mm -hmm. i think that'd be a good move there are still plenty of moves to be done, I, but I do like that the Jazz are not being reactive. They're being proactive, and they made the jump on everybody else outside the Lakers in making this trade for Mike Conley. One thing I like about Conley is he doesn't require high amounts of usage. He is willing to take shots. We all saw that his scoring last year went up with a team that wasn't necessary. It was pretty much him alone for a good chunk of the season there in Memphis, but there's one thing I like about him overall, Adrian, is late in games, he has the stones that he's not afraid to take that big shot, and he will he will take it. So If you compare so him to yeah. Ricky Rubio, Ricky took 10.7 shot attempts okay. the last two seasons. Mike Conley uh, last year took 16 shot attempts. So that's a big jump from your point guard, but he did it more effectively yes. and more efficiently. And the Jazz will seed those six shots no problem. Right, and I think that... The effect he ha- can have on the team is obvious. He can play with a guy like Donovan Mitchell. He can play on the ball, set up Donovan. Donovan, if he needs to go, Mike can let him go. Yeah. Um, I think that it doesn't affect necessarily Rudy Gobert's offense any, in any negative way. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to set Rudy up probably better. By the end of the year, Ricky Rubio is throwing balls off the backboard and trying to yeah. lob ball. It was, And maybe, I don't know, maybe he checked out because his name was out there. We all... Saw how upset he got because yeah. his name was floated in the trade. He might have just said, you know what, whatever. I'm over this. It's possible. But I think Conley's going to be more secure with the ball. I think he's going to be able to set up the other guys. Joe Ingles is going to find himself more open. 
Um, Donovan Mitchell, he's never played with a player like Donovan Mitchell at that position. The closest we could come up with was maybe Rudy Gay, but I don't think Rudy Gay was pretty good back then. Oh, yes. But I, don't, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be a better player than what Rudy Gay has been. So his effect offensively is going to be fantastic. It might even work with Favors now, depending on what happens in free agency. Yeah. They might be able to work something with Derek Favors in there in the starting lineup. I would prefer Favors off as a backup center because he just dominates backups and. You know, as yes. was we saw all year long. Yeah. But offensively, I think Mike's going to be a fantastic piece. Joe Ingles, way less pressure, going to be finding himself more open. Donovan Mitchell, way less pressure. Um, it balances how, the how How much more can this get Donovan scoring? Their, it, their conversation, you know, some Austin believes Donovan can get up to 28 points a game because all he has to do now is hit a couple more shots a game, which is true. If he hits a couple more shots a game, then he's 28 points a game. I That's elite, elite. That's like first-team NBA. Yeah. So if Donovan can get to 28, he's going to make a monster jump, and it's all going to be because the Jazz were aggressive and were able to put uh, Mike Conley in there. And there's nothing. There's no reason why that can't be the case because yeah. Mike Conley can score 18 points a game. Donovan can score four more points a game, and all of a sudden he's a 28-point-a-night scorer. And probably more effectively and more efficiently oh, yeah. because he's not going to be having to take 100 shots a game. Yeah. So Con- there's nothing to say he can't make that big jump scoring. Conley's career, he spent 12 years in Memphis, and they it was, they called they like to call it the grit and grind uh, era of that of that franchise. Zach Randolph, Marcus Gasol, mm-hmm. Mike Conley. They were a grinded-out, hard-nosed defensive team who liked to use half-course sets. Who does that sound like, Adrian? One Utah Jazz, I feel like, yep. with one caveat that the Utah Jazz really morphed themselves into a 3-and-D type of team where they like to launch threes, which is what the league's doing as a whole. But Mike Conley fits in defensively. He mm-hmm. fits in this offense well. He's a better facilitator than I think what Ricky Rubio was. I just like the fact in late-game scenarios, I trust a guy like Mike Conley a lot more to take a big shot than I would a Ricky Rubio. Yeah, late-game you've got... If you got Conley, Ingles, and Donovan Mitchell who can all late shoot game, it. they yeah. can all make a bucket. Yeah. I think you're looking at a lot better uh, situations. And um, I thought Jake Scott made a – or somebody was making a great – I think it was Jake, but I don't remember. Okay. It might have been Tony. but I, So whoever said it, I apologize. But It was said on the zone. But it was said on the zone that um, Quinn Snyder hasn't had an elite scoring point guard like this more than – this would be – the third time, maybe, if you count jo- uh, George Hill when he yeah. was healthy yeah, in he was Quinn's good. system. Yeah. He was really uh-huh. good when he was healthy. We all saw what he did with Milwaukee this right. year. He was really good in Quinn's system when his he didn't have his tooth going through his lip or when his toe wasn't acting up. Yes. And then Ricky Rubio at the end of last or end of two years ago was playing really elite basketball. And you thought maybe this could be the future of what Ricky Rubio has going. We yeah. all saw that he, all, he regressed to his averages. But yeah. This is a guy, I think, in a Quinn Snyder system, all of a sudden he has an elite point guard. Whoever said that, I totally agree with what they said. Because this is gonna be I think this is gonna be huge for what Quinn Snyder wants to do offensively. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I, I think that it's coming together nicely, at least in the starting lineup, Adrian. The interesting part is you did a three for one deal essentially yes. with players, so that opens some roster slots here. I would expect you're gonna see guys like George Niang have opportunities to step up and fill those Further up the bench, if that makes sense, though, yeah. you move from maybe being the tenth, eleventh, twelfth guy to be maybe the seven, eight, seven, eight, nine guy type of a situation, and then the bottom end of the roster, 
is going to be an interesting scenario to see how that plays out. Do any of these three second-round picks that the Jazz took, do they end up making that roster? Are they on two-way deals? Do they get cut and eventually signed with the Stars? The whole uh, situation with this roster is fascinating to me, looking ahead to free agency. Because I think we have the starting five, in essence, set right now, pending what happens right with now, favors. Right now, yeah, as of right now. Pending what happens yeah. with favors. But the bottom half of that roster, very much in flux, it looks like. So Yeah, and I'm interested to see what they decide on some of these guys who have been on the bench. Yeah. Do they believe Niang can take the step, a big enough step to be a true NBA rotation guy? Or do they go out and find a guy in that same spot that can play? Uh, and keep Niang, kind of give him more minutes because I think he earned some more. Mm-hmm. But... Um, maybe keep him in a similar role. Yes, absolutely. Is a guy like Royce O'Neal, do they believe he has made the jump to a true Hmm. backup shooting guard that can play big minutes in this league? Because he'll have to back up Donovan Mitchell probably. And can he give them, or do they go out and find another backup too? Royce, for me, is in a good spot on that bench because he's a good defender. And you don't necessarily need a ton of offense from him. And in all reality, Adrian... I wouldn't be opposed, and this is just, this is me, we're still a week out from free agency, there's just a lot to go on, but right. looking into the season right now, I could see nights where the Jazz flip-flop Joe Ingles into the second unit to give that mm. more scoring, I'm not saying it happens all the time, but I could see that a little bit more to give that a little more of a scoring punch, where Royce O'Neal is your kind of your lockdown defender. Joe is a good defender in his own right, but Royce, if you have a true elite scorer out there who feel like he can lock down maybe put him in the starting lineup and bring Joe off the bench on some nights I like the mixing and matching they can do at this point Royce is so strong too he's underrated on his strength yes he's the one guy I think right now he has to be in the rotation I think he's earned it oh yeah not but with his defense everything I think he's I think he's your small ball four right now yeah maybe but I think he probably comes off the if you go small ball like that I mean Joe would also slide into that yes. position as well. Uh, but I think uh, Royce has really earned a spot and more minutes on this team. And if he's a guy who can get you, what, 10 minutes, five, 10 points, five rebounds off the bench, a couple assists, that's really all you need out of a guy like Royce O'Neal. No. And past him, though, to what you were talking about, because he's probably your sixth man yeah, or Derek Favors, depending on what they do with him. Yeah. Or if they bring in another guy, like you said, Gallinari, something like that. Somebody like that, yeah. Um. Well, if they bring in Gallinari, they're probably not keeping Derek. Probably at least not. on that contract. But yeah. anyway, Royce is probably your first guy off the bench, and but past that, like you said, is, is like you said, is Niang the guy who can take the jump? Is you know that's who else right now other than other than those draft picks who I don't believe are going to be NBA ready or rotation ready in the NBA. They're they're going to be spending a lot of time with the Salt Lake City Stars. So yeah, most likely, absolutely. That's why. This was the first domino, the Mike Conley in the Jazz um, season future, but they've got some work to do. They got to go get some mid-level guys if they want to really make a run at uh, a deep playoff run this year. Yeah, and based on this, it sounds like under uh, this the new structure, Justin Zanuck is a guy who's not afraid to go after some things, and you'll hear him in the next segment talk about how they're still going to be aggressive in free agency. Yes, they are. So there are a lot of guys out there. That maybe there's the Danny Greens of the world. There's, um, you know, you probably need to find a backup point guard. I, I even forgot to mention Dante Exum. Well, yeah. I went with Royce O'Neal, but I, and Dante Exum has what has he proven 
He hasn't proven he can stay on the court. He can't stay healthy. That's can't all we stay know. healthy. So do you go out and find – that's another question they have to answer. Do they go out and find a backup point guard, or do they continue to bring along Dante Exum and hope that you've, he's that guy? You've got to find a point guard in the free agent marketplace who is in the role of a Hull Neto who can – is your is, – let's put it this way. On paper, he's the third guy, but you're planning on him yeah. being number two because Dante Exum – like we just said, has proven one thing it feels like in his career. He can't stay on the court for any length of time. I'm going to disagree with you, though. Okay. I think you bring in a second guy. So you you go out and say, Dante, you're, I don't no, think you're, Dante you're number three. It. Yeah, I don't think okay. he's earned it. Okay, I can see that. I, I, I think that this front office really likes Dante. I think they do, too, And they're, trying, to, they're trying everything in their power to give him that opportunity. Yeah. But right now, man, the poor kid just can't stay healthy. No. Yeah, and uh, or and when he's on the he has flashes. That's all. All I keep hearing. Oh, that is flashes of Dante Exum. The one thing I like about his game, he's shown the ability to get to the rim. Right. He's he's got all these measurables. Yes, he he's does. Six six. He's long. He's fast. He, S- lateral ability is incredible. I think yeah. his his shot isn't a good looking shot. I don't no. like that slingshot thing. No. But you know he's got all these flashes and yet hasn't done it. So uh, if you're trying to make a run, I don't think you you come into this season saying he's our backup guy. Okay, I, I can see that. You, you go and maybe out, here, let him earn it. Let will, him earn the second So essentially rotation. you're saying go find a true number two point guard yeah. behind Conley and, and make say, him work Dante, you better if you want that it. number two mm-hmm. spot, you got to beat this kid out. Or, or if you want to be a three. Or okay. if you want to, yeah, if you want the if you want to be a two guard, something, you got to earn it. Okay. There's no, you can't give him any, like. I And I, I like want that. him to succeed because he's been hurt so much. And nobody, all of us can agree that it's been, Almost, it's unfair. It's been what rough. has happened to him, but at a certain it's time, rough. at a certain point, you gotta try to you gotta make a run at something. Yes, so you do. Uh, something back up. They gotta shore the bench up. It's gonna be really interesting, Jake. But I thought the first move of the offseason, like you said earlier, trying to keep up with the rest of what the West is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they they saw the writing on the wall. The Warriors are not going to be there. The Rockets maybe be less than what they have been. There's going to be some teams coming up. The, I don't think the Blazers are going anywhere. I think Terry Stotts knows what he's doing. Yeah. If they keep, if Nurkic, I mean Nurkic's injury was horrific. So hopefully he he's such a big guy. Assuming he comes back healthy. Assuming he comes back healthy, they're not going anywhere. Denver, Denver, and the Jazz are kind of in this. They're in the power play right now with each other. They're these two teams, young teams in the West. And you feel like the Lakers are coming up on the outside. Right. And so far, Denver. Is it they've won so far that power play? They got yeah. themselves deep into the playoffs or deeper than the Jazz. So, this is they're got to be looking at each other a little bit. The Lakers, whatever they feel, apparently they don't know how caps work. Well, dude, that's that's beside the point. But if they can convince the Pelicans to they're not going to, it sounds like oh, really? yeah, that's hilarious. Essentially, what it is based on what I've read, Adrian, the Pelicans hold the leverage on this, yep. and the Pelicans are going to force it through on the sixth because they're doing no favors. For the Lakers and uh, the Pelicans, I mean they, if they're gonna, they might be. They're not gonna be good this year, but they might be a little exciting to watch. If they might win All a couple games, say, they might beat. They might come out and beat the Jazz yeah. one night, and you're like, whoa, what happened that night? I'm excited to watch Lonzo Ball toss lobs to Zion Williamson. I can tell you that much. Well, Lonzo's not gonna be playing much with Zion because Lonzo's gonna be coming off the bench. I hope he's starting. Who is he starting over? Drew Holiday alongside here? Drew. I think you could put both of them in the backcourt together with a young, up-and-coming Pelicans team and really see what he's got. That's just me. Okay. I I, I don't think Lonzo is a bust, but I also don't think he's going to be – I don't. But him lobbing – That would be cool. Lobbing balls to Zion Williamson, 
I'm in for that. And uh, I mean, there's so much still to happen. There is. I think the Lakers are gonna be good. I think if the Suns get D'Angelo Russell, things are gonna be interesting in Phoenix. They They're not gonna only win 19 games next year if they've got D'Angelo and Devin Booker True. playing next to each other. Yeah. The Mavericks aren't gonna only win nine road games next year. They're not going to go nine and thirty-two on the road next year. They were twenty-four and seventeen at home last year, which is a pretty good home record. They just couldn't win on the road. Now they got Porzingis, mm-hmm. they got Doncic. They might get Tobias Harris. The rumors are, so they're not going to be as bad. The Grizzlies and the Grizzlies might be the only bad team in the West next year. They're very much in rebuilding. If mode. If, so, if all these rumors yes happen, yeah. if everything plays out, like if everything heard. plays out, yeah, there might be one bad team in the West. Yeah, and that's the team purposely being bad, and that's the Grizzlies, and uh, so when that that's a wild west. That's as cliche as that term comes. So we're going to be surprised next year about certain teams not making the playoffs. It's true. There's going to be some some stalwarts that are not going to be. It might be the Spurs. It might be the Thunder. They might miss mm-hmm. if they can't change some things. So it's going to be pretty interesting. I'm All pumped. Right. I but, know we got to get to break here. Let's come back. You'll hear. We'll let you hear from. Justin Zanuck, I want to talk a little bit about the three draft picks the Jazz okay, made because for them to make that much movement late in that draft says something to me, and I'll explain next. Okay, we'll talk about that. Welcome back to Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Follow us on Twitter at AP Lizer and at Jacob C. Hatch mm-hmm. on Twitter. Make sure you give us a follow. I'm begging you, please. I also forgot to mention this in the first segment. We are brought to you by Stockton 12 Honda. Oh, yeah. We I are, of course. Love. They're our best friends down there. Uh, make sure you check them out. 10860 South Automall Drive. We'll be down there soon. And uh, we love going down. We love those guys. Go see them. They've got their giant selection of pre-owned or certified pre-owned Hondas and also all the new ones. They've got that deal running through June where you can get two Hondas for $12 a day. If you want two brand new 2019 Hondas, 12 bucks a day. So head down there. Make sure you check it out. This is a great day to go look at a car. Here's an interesting note that just came out from Tony Jones from The Athletic, Adrian. Mm Mm-hmm. Hearing Bobby Portis has significant interest in coming to the Utah Jazz. Portis is a restricted free agent for the Washington Wizard. Wizards. He's a power forward slash center who is a good perimeter shooter. Eight days until free agency starts. Hey, as long as he's not punching teammates out, I'm all for it. <laughs> Nikola Mirotic just co-signs that. Yeah. I, but Bobby Portis is a shooter. He can shoot from the perimeter. We've and the most it. confident man I have ever covered when I went to a free draft workout. <laughs> I remember you saying that. I was that. at his workout, and I was like, dang, that is a <laughs> – Confident young man. That would be an interesting move. He's actually move. proved it in the NBA. He's been yes. a decent player. He's not a superstar, yeah. but. He's been a rotation guy for sure. I think he would fit in, too. And he'd fit that shooting role that you want from your big men. He was traded from the Bulls last year. So. To the Wizards. In that, was it the deal they got Otto Porter to Chicago? Yeah. And I don't. He's restricted, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what the Wizards are doing because they don't have nobody, a GM. So wait, and nobody knows with what they're yeah what they're thinking. So we'll but, see what happens. Yeah, with that. follow all these local guys who do good job. Go Tony, yeah. Andy Larson at the Trib, Eric Walden at the Trib. They all have uh, Eric Woodyard down at Des News. They have Mike Sorensen as well. Mike Sorensen. They have their they have their ear to the ground and they are they do a great job covering. So make sure yeah. you follow those guys. As well. All right, uh, real quick, Adrian, to recap what the Jazz did in the draft. Some people, myself included, I gave up on the draft before all this went down. I'm not going to lie. I went to bed. I early morning you know me. well lucky you I because know. <laughs> about six hours into this <laughs> something draft actually happened. coverage there was 
49 picks. People weren't listening to each other. They were yelling at each other. I it heard. Was a, it was a I classic heard. I heard. zone six-hour marathon. So pick fit number 50 comes around. The Jazz had they traded, traded away the 23rd pick, even though they made that pick for the Memphis Grizzlies, but also for the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. via some trades. Their own pick was at 53. So we were sitting around. I was sitting around. I'm like, okay, you know what? I got an early morning. I do early morning radio. I'm going to bed. I wake up. I usually wake up most days around 3.30, pick up my phone, and I see bing, 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 jazz trade, jazz trade, jazz I'm like, what in the world? So I go out and read this, Adrian, and yes, the Jazz made a flurry of moves in the last 10 picks of the draft, picking Jarrell Brantley from the College of Charleston with a trade with the Indiana Pacers with a 50th pick. They used their original pick at 53 to get a high-scoring guard, Justin Wright Foreman from Hofstra, the second leading scorer in the NCAA a year ago, averaging over 27 points a game. And then they made another trade, buying a pick from the Golden State Warriors with the 58th pick to get Mie Oni from Yale. All three of these guys I look at and I say, okay, all interesting, all from small schools on the East Coast. We're talking two guys from the CAA, the Colonial Athletic Association, one from the Ivy League. I had a chance to see Mie Oni play a few times for Yale a year ago. I feel like he's a guy that's very much in need of development but could eventually become a guy who plays on a bench of an NBA team. I don't know much about Justin Wright Foreman. I'll freely admit that. But being the second leading scorer in the in the NCAA as a six foot guard means you can shoot it. I'll give you credit in that regard. But the guy I'm most excited about here, who I feel like is probably the most likely to end up playing a, a role with the Jazz, if at all, in his rookie year, is Jarrell Brantley from the College of Charleston. He has an NBA body. They mm. list him at six foot seven, two hundred and fifty five pounds. Okay, uh, Carl Malone called. That's that's good size. That's an NBA body. If he can prove that he can play a small ball four, he could be a third string option off the bench for the Jazz. Yeah, I think all three of these guys start the season in Taylorsville. Probably, yeah, absolutely. Darrell, he's the one with the size that, mm-hmm. like you say, he's a guy who might be able to get his way onto the jazz bench as the as season a, as, as the two-way guy yeah. as the season goes along he's a guy that you might see on the end of the bench mm-hmm. maybe he gets some minutes in but he's certainly biggest guy and at the position that they probably need the most help yeah but at pick 50 i mean if one of these guys makes it you've done you've done well yeah if you're Absolutely. the if you if you get one of these three guys to have any sort of NBA impact, you've done pretty good. That's just that's the way it is in this yeah. league. This isn't like the NFL where pick fifty <laughs> is making twenty million dollars in a signing bonus. No, no. This, this, is, this this is this is the end of the NBA draft where it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to find. There are guys you can send me all your tweets of all the guys who have made it that late. That's well, yeah. great, but those are rarer than the others. Well, yeah, I, Isaiah Thomas is the poster child for that. Pick number sixty. And he's gotten big money. Granted, his career has petered out, it feels like, at this point. Yeah. But for a while there, he was an elite player. Well, he's he's small, and that's kind of what happened to Isaiah. Is he's so small that he it caught up to him. Yeah, it did catch up to him, but um, you're and, right. But, I mean, some of these guys are big. Like, uh, this is from Andy Larson on <laughs> okay. Twitter, at least for two of the guys. He said, huge wingspans for both Jazz picks. Jarrell Brantley is six foot seven with a seven foot two wingspan. Okay. And Justin Wright Foreman is six uh, foot one. <laughs> he says six foot and a half in shoes, and uh, but with a six foot seven point five wingspan. 
So those that's 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 the measurables you that's, want. That's that's big. That's a long wingspan for yes. a guy who's six feet tall. So maybe that's the kind of he's quick. He can score. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can make an impact at the G League level, and maybe he can get a two week guy. But I think you're right. I think the most likely is Brantley because of his size. Yeah. And uh, his, he sounds like he has a really good work ethic and all that. And the Jazz did their homework on all three of these guys. So I would assume that they believe some one of them, if not all three, may have a chance to do something. Yeah. But I think if you're hoping they're going to yeah. round your bench out as a fan, I think uh, that's not going to work. No, yeah, I don't expect all three of these guys to be guys 12, 13, 14, 15 on your roster to start the year. I freely acknowledge right. that. But I do think that the Jazz making those moves late in the draft here, Adrian, says that they see something in each of these players that they they, they think with development they can pull out of them. It remains to be seen if they're right about that. You are correct. I think if you get one of these three that hits, becomes a rotation guy for the Jazz, hey, you scored because we're talking about the final 10 picks of an NBA draft. Normally yeah. this is the draft and stash region of the draft for guys from overseas you've never heard of who will never come over the United States. It's, I mean, this is why the Jazz are so smart of having their G League team in the same city. Yeah. This they, is I they, they can monitor it. I thought that was the smartest thing. Yeah. How many teams have that uh, in the NBA? There's a, I, there has to be less than Toronto's it. got it within driving distance. It's in like, that, it's in the province that they're in. Right. And that's not even yeah. that's not even the same. Yes. Like exactly. you can tell me the Spurs and the Toros are close to each other, but that's a that's a That's an hour drive. I've right. done that drive. This is ten minutes on yes. a on the middle of the day. You yeah. you can get to the You get to slick really. You can easy. get to slick yeah. real quick. Yeah. And so I that's why I think it's so brilliant. They don't have to necessarily do that. Yeah. They can uh stash their guys at the G League level and really focus on them. And, and that allows for continuity. So I, I, I love that move by them a couple of years ago. All right, so enough hearing from us. Let's you, let you hear from one of the decision makers. In you the don't like to office. hear from me anymore? No, I'd like to hear from you. But okay. Let's hear from somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Yes. They made the decision yeah. on this. Let's do that. Justin Zanuck, uh, we'll let you hear a few minutes from him as he spoke with the media following the draft. Uh, very thankful to... Our entire scouting group, our coaching staff, and especially the Miller family, really gave us some resources to be aggressive uh, um, going in and being able to acquire some players that we are excited about. Um, athleticism, skill, uh, different positions, um, chances to you know maybe create some depth going forward in the roster. So. Uh, little bit crazy in the second round um trying to uh you know move into position we were able to david morway uh did a great job getting us uh the first pick and then we were able to acquire a late pick too so jarell brantley justin wright foreman both worked out for us um mia oni performed well at the combine we got a chance to interview him and uh all those guys are we're really excited to have them and they they fit what we're looking for as far as um, jazz players now and going forward. Um, you seem to have a, a theme with all three of those guys. All three of those guys can create with the ball in their hands. Is that something that you kind of wanted to address a little bit throughout the roster? Sure. Anytime that you can add skill, athleticism, um, high character, high motor, um, size for the position, in a couple of the cases, and then special scoring instincts uh, with Justin Wright Foreman. Um, all three of those things, whether that's in the draft, uh, being aggressive in free agency, um, and the continued great developmental work our coaching staff is doing, 
um, to really give, get guys for them that we really think have a chance to get better and they have an opportunity to get better. Brantley was a guy who was in here Saturday. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what do you like about him as, as a prospect and maybe a player for the Jets? Um, great energy on the court. Um, he, uh, you know, coming from a smaller conference, you know, you see a guy that uh, can dominate at times, was the best player for his team and, and a pretty good team. See him in a team environment, how he interacts with teammates. We had a lot of high-level players there. He fit right in. Um, his uh, physical attributes and motor are two things where, and, and some developing skill that we think we can we can harness. So it was really good to have him in. How important was it to get uh, experienced guys? And did all three play four years in college? Or um, I know the first two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think more of that is a... You know, it wasn't something like, hey, this guy has to go play four years in college, more that their games became more mature. So you saw that each one of them had, while all needing development and the transition to the NBA, but all had these skill sets that we saw that, that, that could translate. Now, how much, how long, we, um, there's a chance that we can have a lot of roster flexibility going forward, and we will continue to be aggressive in free agency. Um, with that coming up, but these guys give us a chance to, you know, the, you know, we'll, hopefully they'll all play in summer league and uh, be with our program. So, really excited for that. Tristan was the big scorer in college. You know, do you see some of that scoring translating over to I, this level? I think you hope so. You know, he can score at all three levels. He's he's uh, had to have a big load. Um, obviously, as he transitions into the NBA, it's that's not the role that is going to be available to him early. If he can grow into that, great. But he can make shots. When you make open shots, he can create shots for himself. And any time that you can acquire those types of um, qualities, whether it's guard, wing, big, you want to be able to go after them. He mentioned, mentioned here in his workout that uh, he hadn't really done a whole lot of playmaking, and that was something he was trying to focus on. How much of a concern I think is that for you? Not a concern. I, you know, with Again, every guy that comes in the league needs to work on things. They're, they're not fully formed players. They're all you know, in their early 20s. And again, we have a great developmental and coaching staff that will help these guys along. They're all, from what we see, willing to learn. So it's really a role shift. How do you adapt to not having the ball in your hands? How can you help the team in other ways? And his open shot making, quickness, um, he's very secure with the ball in his ball handling. So. Whether, however coach wants to use them, that's a good start. Uh, two of the guys did come in and work out. How much did that influence your guys' decision tonight? Uh, doesn't. Um, it, when guys come in, it's always a, it's a, it's a part of the process, but we do a, a ton of film work, a ton of background. Uh, our coaches are involved and integrated. Our front office and our scouting staff, they're traveling all over the world all year for, for one night, um, at least from a draft perspective. They're working all the time on pro personnel as well. Um, they, you know, so the workout we have, I think we worked out close to 90 guys this year. And historically, we've been a big workout team. There have been years in the draft where we didn't work out anybody, and we picked them. Uh, I believe in Dante Exum and Rodney Hood that we drafted. Both of them weren't able to come in, whether logistics or not. So there's other avenues to do it, but it is always nice, especially with our coaching staff, they get integrated, but they're, you know, we're scouting all season, and we're we're not we're catching them up because they've had a long season to to catch up with. So anytime we can get guys in our gym and the great facilities that 
you know, the Miller family has been able to provide us. It's it's a wow factor. It's a little bit of a recruitment too. These guys come in and like, oh wow, this is a beautiful facility, yeah. and we take care of them great. So um, it always helps, but it's not a requirement for us to take them. All three guys come from lesser unknown conferences. How concerned are you about that level of competition they faced? Whenever you move up a level, there's always a transition. If uh, you work hard, you have a skill set in a game that translates or could translate, and a coaching staff can help get you better. You know, we, there is a saying like, if you go play in college and you're good enough, the NBA will find you. And these guys were all known commodities. They've all had very successful careers. So it wasn't something that they just came on the radar, maybe on a public level or a, you know, a media level, but from a scouting level, we've known about these guys for a while. What impressed you about Mie at the combine? Um, what we really like is maybe his defensive ability, his potential for defense, even though he was a main scoring load, because that was his role at Yale. Um, open shot making, uh, being able to uh, contest and use his length. So I think he can be a developmental, you know, a defender at first and an open shot maker, at, you know, as he develops and then working without the ball and with the ball. Right. Last question. Where do you guys see these guys fitting into the roster? Are they going to have to fight for a spot? Is it a G League situation, two-way? I mean, how, how do you imagine that working? With, with our roster, and again, we'll continue to be aggressive, it's, it's open. You know, there's, there's a chance that we, we open a lot of roster spots. So what we tell our guys is come in, come compete. Um, we'll have a developmental path for you. That could be any number of ways. That could be on the roster. It could be... Um, you know, part of the G League, two-way, any of those things could be on the table. Just let's get you in here. Let's get our coaching staff around you, and let's have a good summer and play, and then we'll work with them after that to kind of figure out the best developmental path. Thanks, Justin. There you go, Justin Zanuck, GM of the Jazz. Uh, if you missed any of that, you can listen to that at TotallyZone.com, yeah. talking about the draft picks. It was interesting to hear him say right at the end there. We're telling these guys, come in and compete. There's roster slots open because at least two are open right now in that trade for Mike Conley deal. They're going to give these kids an opportunity to show what they can do, speaking of the three draft picks they made, and that'll be interesting to see if any of them can emerge during summer league and, and training camp. Definitely. All right, coming up on the other side, it's time for technical fouls here on The Zone. Welcome on back to the Saturday show brought to you by Stockton 12 Honda. I'm Jay Catch. He is Adrian Lizer, and this is Technical Fouls, where we make fun of people who have done stupid things in the previous week. And we got a couple of them today. I've got at least a couple here, Adrian. Okay. Um, I'm going to start off with the College World Series. I don't know if you saw this the other night, uh, but Vanderbilt uh, rallied to oust Louisville in the College World Series. 
And in the eighth inning, to finish off the inning, Louisville had a pitcher. I'm trying to think of his name. Let's see him right here. Um, Luke Smith. Luke Smith, yeah. Right-hander, he notches 10th strikeout of the night and starts yelling, bleep you, bleep yeah. you, to the Vanderbilt batter and their, and their dugout. Well, you brought some karma that ended up with you getting knocked out of the College World Series as Vanderbilt rallied the next inning to win the game in the elimination format that the College World Series is. Talk about bad karma and a technical foul on you. Maybe you should just go out and pitch and not call down the baseball god's wrath. Right, and not only that, <laughs> you brought the wrath against my family and my blood. And I'll tell you why, because okay. the 274th pick in the ninth round of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Ethan Paul, who is my first cousin, hit the double to tie the game Hold off on, of what? Smith. Yes, You have a first cousin? Yeah, the AP Lizer, the P, is yeah. Paul. This is my cousin Ethan who is an All-American shortstop for the Vanderbilt team, and he's going to play for the Pittsburgh Pirates next year. Why have we not had him on the air? Uh, I, I could try next year. I'll try when he gets into the pros. We need to get him on I was air. hoping he was going to be drafted by the Angels so I could see him here. That's absolutely fascinating. But he was, uh, he, uh, yeah, hit 325 this year, nine homers. You need Led to the team with seventy RBs. With cousin, you know I'm great. Right. I'm, I, okay. I'm great with my cousin. Right, but cool. uh, he, uh, yeah. But anyway, you messed with my family. All right. You get you give up a double. All right. And to him, and he ties the game for you. There you go. So yeah. Was, Bet you didn't see that coming. I did not see that coming. That's a, quite a curveball. I'm yeah. actually, I am fascinated that you have a family member who's a top ten round pick in the MLB. Yes. There you go. Okay. So he uh, was drafted last year, uh-huh. uh, much later, in like the. 20-something round, decided to go back for his senior season and he obviously with the Commodores and improved his status by the same team. They said, fine, we'll draft you earlier there. Cool. All so right. Where's he going to play? Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Going to be a pirate. So probably spend some time in Indianapolis hey. and in Florida. I've got a pirate set. I'm going to buy one. There you go. I have to. Sweet. But anyway, uh, yeah, technical foul on you, Luke Smith. Don't mess with this. Don't mess with the Lizer yeah. slash Paul family. Slash Paul family. That was funny. We watched, That's what we spent. Um, well, it was the holiday. Father's Day. We spent it flipping between the U.S. Open and uh, Louisville Fandy okay. game one. So cool. Anyway, uh, my technical foul is on the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. And this has been a much talked about story this year but I th- or this week. But this is the weirdest and dumbest idea I've ever heard. Okay. Splitting home games between Tampa and Montreal. Okay. Just move out of Tampa. They well, don't want they you can't there. Because they have a lease on the I know. But thing this, through twenty twenty seven. This makes them the biggest joke in sports, doesn't it? Well, they're already one of the biggest jokes. But this this solidifies it. It it really does. But I actually kind of respect them trying to be innovative and trying to work their way around what they've currently their status because they owe the city of Tampa this money through twenty twenty seven. They can't get a new stadium. It puts the pressure on Tampa to step up if they want to keep this team. I've always wanted to see the to see Montreal get an MLB team back. That's just me. I think that Portland and Montreal would be the perfect additions mm-hmm. to, to the to Major League Baseball. But it does make Tampa look really dumb. But, Tampa is not a city that needs three professional franchises. But all I can say, go X-rays. Go <laughs> X. All right, that's pretty funny. Go X-rays. <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for technical files. Can I do one more? Real yes, quick? go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so WWE. Uh, it's always you, WWE's pure entertainment. And they have a new championship called the 24-7 champion. Maverick, who's one of their personalities, was getting married mm-hmm. at his wedding. They're walking. They get say I do and whatnot. They're walking back down the aisle. 
and his top challenger, R-Truth, comes out of nowhere with an, with a referee, pins him, and takes the 24-7 championship away from him. I saw that. Pretty, pretty funny. Fun. I just at their wedding. We all know the WWE's all pure entertainment, right. but that was a pretty funny bit. I don't have a problem. I like I people always make fun of wrestling. I really don't have a problem. With I've wrestling always enjoyed it because I don't really like it. Like I I'm not a it. fan of it. Yeah. But to me, it's like if I pay $150 to go to Hamilton, somebody else is paying $150 to go to WrestleMania. It's the yeah. same thing. No, you're true. going to the theater. You you pick what you're. It's just allowed. Yeah. It's just a different theater. But mm-hmm. you're paying for a theater experience. Yeah. If you go to a wrestling day, like yeah. it's all scripted. It's just a it's a traveling Broadway show. Yeah. For a different demographic. So I really people always make fun of wrestling. I'm like, okay, it's the same as going to a concert. I you're just paying for entertainment. I think it's fun. Yeah. It's just it's a fun thing. Anyway. Uh, we're way over. So on the other side, we're going to let you hear from someone else who knows what he's talking about. That's Phil Steele, the uh, college football expert Guru, who does yeah. his book. He knows everything about college football. And uh, Jake has him on every year with DJ and PK. And uh, we're going to let you hear that conversation next as he talks Utes, Cougars, Aggies, Pac-12, all of that. That's next on the Saturday Show.